Hey listeners, welcome back to the second episode of Hometown Homicide. Um, I'm quite excited to be welcoming you back to a second episode. Thank you so much to everyone who supported and listened last week. I made it to just over 75 listens as of today, which is June the 3rd. And I just can't believe it. I can't believe that many people listened. I just, I literally cried when that many people listened. I cried when I got to 10 listens. So, you know, I'm a bit of an emotional gal (laughs) and you guys have really really made me feel um like a a real podcaster and I just have so much confidence now so thank you so much um I do have a few reviews to read out just because I want everyone to feel like if they write a review I am going to see it and I am going to acknowledge you and your support so I have had six reviews this week uh well six ratings all of five stars and three of them left a review so the first one we had was from Legally Blonde 1972 or 1972 not sure which but that's a great movie so nice name pick (laughs) um and they said well done great first episode your nan would be so proud and I really appreciated that just because you know people were listening when I was talking about her and she would have she would have loved that or I don't know I don't know if she would have felt about the attention <laughs> but I'm I'm glad I think she would be proud too I'm definitely proud and yeah that's amazing um another person unicorns for real who doesn't love a unicorn I guess <laughs> said amazing amazing Jolene I knew you would smash it so proud of you and they left a little heart emoji so I'm sending heart emojis back to you unicorns for real um, and the last review I had was from Olive Cakes 134 who said, Fab, been waiting for this and it didn't disappoint. And I'm really glad I didn't disappoint you, Olive Cakes 134. <laughs> I hope you're listening this week because I gave you guys all a shout out. <laughs> so thank you so much for the reviews that have already been left. I would really appreciate any more if anyone wants to leave any more reviews. That would be great too. And of course, I will give you a lovely acknowledgement at the start of the episode. So hopefully that entices you. <laughs> Um, so enough about me and all my stuff and all my gushing over you guys. Um, it's time to get into the episode. So this week we are discussing a disappearance of a nun who disappeared from Swansea 41 years ago. And still to this day, like we can't even decide on a theory about what happened to her, let alone look it into anything. There's just so many theories and the police haven't narrowed any of them down. So... This week we are discussing the case of the disappearance of Christine Bracken from Swansea. Jacinta Bracken was born Christine Nula Bracken in Ireland in 1940. I don't have a specific date of birth for her so I just have to say 1940. I couldn't find her anyway. I looked and looked and looked and there's very limited information about this case anyway so finding her like year of birth was quite a blessing really. Um, She grew up in Gortine in Balacolla I think I'm pronouncing that right, in County Leash in Ireland. And it's quite a rural area. It's mostly agriculture and farmland from what I could see on um, Google Maps. And it's about 56 or 91 kilometres from Ireland's capital. So just over an hour or so drive. 
She, at some point in her life, moved to South Wales to join the Stella Maris Convent in Swansea. Again, there's no date for when she did this. There's no age, so I'm not too sure when this happened. I did go through the Stella Maris website just to see if I could, like, find some sort of information on her, but there wasn't any on there. Um, The Stella Maris Convent describes itself as, quote, home to the sisters of the Ursuline of Jesus, whose mission is to work, teaching, nursing, and in pastoral care, end quote. Uh, she would have changed her name when she moved to the convent. I found a source, it is linked below somewhere, um, about why nuns change their name when they, when they join the convent, and it's because it's supposed to represent their, like, new life and their new life devoted to God within this convent. So I thought that was quite interesting. I never knew that before. Sister Jacinta was described as a popular, well-liked woman. She liked to go on walks, she liked to go shopping, and she taught guitar lessons to children as well. So she was, you know, she was a nice person. She was a pleasant person to be around, and no one had any sort of ill will towards her. She didn't have any known enemies either. On Monday the 19th of May 1979, Sister Jacinta was 38 years old. She left the convent around lunchtime to go shopping, and she was going shopping for a pair of stockings for, to send to her mother for her birthday. And the last confirmed sighting of her was when two children that she taught saw her near Swansea's multi-storey car park. The car park was for the Quadrant Shopping Centre, and the shopping centre's about a 17-minute walk away from the convent. So, you know, she liked to walk, so she probably just took a stroll over there, and that was where she was doing her shopping, most likely. Um, she would often walk along the beach on her way home, which is kind of adjacent to uh, the shopping centre and it's about a 10 minute walk directly down from the convent. So she could have gone just down through a few streets, walked along it and walked back up towards the convent. You know, a beach is a nice walk, but people like to take little diversions like that, you know, take the scenic route. And there is another sighting of her, but this one is unconfirmed. And she was allegedly seen praying in the nearby St. David's Roman Catholic Church, which is right near the Quadrant Shopping Centre. When the police started to search for her, they recovered Sister Jacinta's handbag about 30 feet away from the West Pier. Now, the West Pier is in the opposite direction of the convent from the shopping centre, and the full walk from the convent all the way to West Pier is about a 50-minute walk. So it's, it's quite a far walk, really. And no one really knows why she would have been at the West Pier either. And so it is quite weird that her bag was found there. But I have took a screenshot from Google Maps and I've marked all of these places on that. So you can see kind of how far it is, where they all are on the map. And you can see where the beach is as well. So you can kind of get an idea of the area. So when I'm talking about this all, you'll kind of have a bit of understanding about where everything is. The initial theory was that... Sorry. The initial theory was that Sister Jacinta had gone back home to Ireland, but this was kind of ruled out when all of her possessions, including her money and her sailing ticket home, were found in the room at the convent. Um, Detective Inspector Andy Hughes of B of BBC right. Detective Inspector Andy Hughes told BBC News in 2006, quote, another theory is that she is alive and well, living a new life in another part of the world, unquote. However, on the flip side of this, Jenny Bryan, who's a retired detective constable that was part of the original inquiry team, told Wales Online in 2010, quote, Jacinta had a very close relationship with her family and since that day she has never contacted anyone in the family, unquote. And I find it a bit weird that you would go out to buy, 
you know, stockings for your mother's birthday and then decide that was the perfect moment to run away. And also, you know, all of her possessions were left behind. So where was she, where would she have been running to if she had no money? Um, no passport has ever been issued and no deaths have been registered under her name as of 2010. So that was 10 years ago now, but no new information has come out really since then anyway. It's just been new inquiries. And I just, I find it strange that on the one hand, people would say she absolutely adored her family. And on the other hand, there are people saying maybe she started a new life for herself. And I wonder why would people think that? But I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later when I do discuss her family a little bit more. There was another theory that the police worked on. Jenny Bryan told BBC News in 2006, quote, We had a clairvoyant draw a map of Swansea, pointing out where there was a hole in the dock. The clairvoyant said he thought she might have been buried or fallen into the hole somehow. Police divers did search the water, but the hole was deemed to be too dangerous for them to go inside because of the power of the suction of the hole, so they couldn't investigate inside it, and the hole was actually later filled up during building work, so now I guess we're never going to know what's inside that hole. I did find another quote regarding the clairvoyant um, on breakingnews.ie, which I believe is an Irish website, in which Jenny Bryan is quoted as saying, quote, I think it's a massive coincidence that the clairvoyant, who had never been to Swansea before, was able to describe the area and pinpoint where she thought she would be, unquote. I do find it interesting that in this article, the clairvoyant is referred to as she, whereas in the last one, they were referred to as he. I'm not sure if Jenny Bryan misspoke, if it was misquoted or if it's a typo. Um, so I do question the validity of all of this kind of clairvoyant stuff a little bit as well. I don't know how much weight I would give to a clairvoyant just because, well, you know, it is quite a, I don't think it's a polarizing topic. I think it's just kind of, you either believe it or you don't. I kind of sit in the middle. I'm not too sure. I do think it's quite interesting that they were able to point out this hole. Um, on the other hand though, you know, a lot of the time when clairvoyants are involved in things, they get things completely wrong. So I'm just not too sure which side I stand with this clairvoyant. Um, at the time of Sister Jacinta's disappearance, Swansea Marina and the County Hall were under construction. So there is another theory floating around that um, it was foul play and there was a third party involved and Sister Jacinta was buried beneath the foundations of a building or within the marina itself. One of the uh, sources that I read did say that the, this is a bit verbatim, but they did say that the marina is like always full because it's kind of man-made and it's closed. I believe they said there were gates on it or something along those lines that stop the tide going in and out. So it's never emptied out. You know, like how you see sometimes there's marinas where the boats are like on the floor and they're not floating on the water because there's no water in there. Swansea Marina doesn't do that. So if there was anything buried at the bottom you wouldn't be able to see it anyway because the water is always there and you would need a diving team to go down and search. Despite the case being open and multiple inquiries in the last 41 years there's been absolutely no evidence found at all. Um, a website called Missing Irish People which I think was last updated in 2006 due to their reference to a 2006 BBC article the one I was reading from earlier. They have a quote from a family member that says quote Nula if you have made a new life for yourself away from the convent, will you please contact some family member or this website? We are still looking for you after all these years. All our love, Mary. Unquote. I'm not sure what relation Mary has to um, Sister Jacinta. Obviously, it's a close one if she's on this website pleading for her to come home. 
But also, I do wonder why there's such a big fixation on her having left of her own accord, because I'm not sure if it's hope from the family, just hoping that she is still out there, and hope from the police that she did this by herself because there's such a lack of evidence. But also, there's no like discussion in any of the articles about her displaying signs of wanting to leave. By all accounts, everyone talks about how she enjoyed herself in the convent and no one talks about her being unhappy there. So I do wonder why everyone would think she was leaving, what kind of the thinking behind that is, other than it just being like another theory because they can't solidify any kind of theory. Um, I do just wonder if it's hope on the family's behalf or if it's there's actually something behind it that just hasn't been reported on. The other theory is that apart from a third party or leaving of her own accord, the other theory is that she took her own life and this was explored, but it was deemed to be unlikely because she was a devout Catholic nun. Um, I would like to just say there though that even if you are a devout Catholic nun, you can still, of course, battle some demons. You could be struggling with mental health. Just because you are religious does not mean that you will not be struggling with mental health issues. Um, and I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel a bit icky about the fact that they think that just because she was a devout Catholic that she could not have taken her own life. I know that in Catholicism they do deem suicide as a sin, but also when you are struggling with your mental health, I wonder how much that actually weighs and in and plays a part. So there is nothing about her mental health in this. So this is pure speculation on my behalf, but I do just want to put that out there that I think they've deemed it unlikely rather than completely ruling it out because you can't just go off her religion alone as being a reason for her not taking her own life. Whatever happened to Sister Jacinta, whether it was leaving of her own accord, foul play or any other theory that's floating around out there, she has a family who want to know where she is. And I think it's really important for them to keep their voices going. I think it's really good that they've put out their own message as well as just having police do inquiries that they are asking for her to come home themselves. And I really hope that one day they do find her. Sister Jacinta Bracken was last seen on May the 19th, 1979 in Swansea, South Wales. Her missing person page describes her as 38 years old with blue eyes. A photograph can be found on the Hometown Homicide Instagram and Twitter as well as the website if you do want to have a little look at that and share it if possible just to get that information back out there again. If you have any information on the case itself, please contact Swansea Police Station on 01792 456 999. That number again is 01792 456 999. I will of course put in the description box down below too. I do have just a little message to end on here um, for Sister Jacinta herself. I know she's probably not listening to this, but maybe if the message got out there, maybe, I don't know, maybe it can make a difference. But I would just like to say, Sister Jacinta, Christine, if you are out there somewhere living a new life, your family miss you and they just want to know you're safe. It is never, ever too late just to let them know that you are okay. And... I hope that if this message ever gets you, you know that you are loved by your family and you are wanted by them and they just want to know if you are okay. 
on the flip side of that message, if you have any information about Sister Jacinta's disappearance, the same applies again. She has a family who loves her dearly. And if you have any information that could help them, then please get in touch with the Swansea police because they have gone 41 years wondering what happened and they have absolutely no idea which theory to even go down and and follow. So, you know, if you can help, please do that. It would it would mean a lot to them, obviously. And I really hope that this case is renewed a little bit from this episode just because, you know, I hadn't heard of it before living quite, not quite close to Swansea, but only about an hour from Swansea. So I just hope that this has opened people's eyes a little bit to a case that was very talked about at the time and isn't talked about so much now, but she is still missing and the case is still open. So if you can help, please do so. Thank you so much for tuning into the second episode of Hometown Homicide. I'm really uh, motivated and excited on the journey that this podcast is about to take. I will be sticking to a regular upload schedule of every single Monday from this point forward. The only reason this one is on a Wednesday is just because that I had loads of uni deadlines to finish over the weekend. So I just needed to give that my full attention because I have just finished my three years of my bachelor's degree. So exciting times <laughs> um i hope you guys come back again next week and if you do have any case suggestions or any feedback on my audio because i have used a different audio uh editor in inputter oh, i don't know the bloody word i don't even know what i'm doing with this audio thing <laughs> but if you um do you have anything that you want to say about that or if you have any tips or anything I'm more than happy to receive those uh you can keep up to date with all the cases and any other information on uh Instagram which is at h that's a lie it's at hometown homicide pod <laughs> and on Twitter it is at h underscore h podcast and on on gmail if you want to send me an email I'm on gmail it's hometownhomicidepod at gmail.com. God, I got there in the end. <laughs> so I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you stay safe out there. Bye.